Welcome to the We've Seen Enough podcast, where we look at the world through the prism of sports. Enjoy the eclectic mix of our personalities as we discuss, debate, and occasionally fight over issues large and small. So as we head to our respective corners, I'm Jim Boyle. And I'm Tom Trevisani. Let's get it on, Jimbo. Okay, welcome back. We've been away for a while. This is Season 1, Episode 7. I'm your host, Jim Boyle. If you haven't recognized my voice over the last couple of weeks, because we've been gone, Tommy is with me. And we are blessed to have our first guest of the We's Feeding Up podcast in the studio, my father, John Boyle, up from Philadelphia, Reading, Pennsylvania today to celebrate his 85th birthday tomorrow. So lucky for our listeners, we've got 145 years of Boyle experience. Tommy, I don't know how you're going to deal with that. It's going to be a long, long afternoon. Oh, friend. yeah, it will be long. So uh, just so you know, we, we've missed a couple of weeks here. Um, a couple of things have happened. My, uh, a couple of weeks ago, my mother-in-law, uh, Carol Pozera, passed away after a three-year battle with dementia. So we took a couple uh, day, uh, weeks off uh, to do that and to, to mourn her to get through everything. And, and now we're finally back and try to get back to normal. So uh, just to give the explanations of why we might have been uh, Missing. If you're looking for us on on Spotify or on on any of our podcasting channels, that's where we've been. So, uh, but that's the last uh, the last time we were here, Tommy. We 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 like to bitch about the NFL all the time, right? But um, and now I'm lucky to have my dad's an Eagle fan, so we get we're going to get a little bit of a different perspective. But first of all, Tommy, what the heck was on going on last weekend? Uh, well, Jim, I don't know. I, this is 45 years I've been watching football, and I have never. Seen what well, we can go over the games like this, how, these endings and the, the things that happen. I just could not believe what I was watching. Okay, so, so let's which one do we want to start? Well, to with? start, you know, there's a little bit of you know with the fan interest with me because my son works for the Colts, so the Colts are we're winning by 33 to hold nothing. Hold on, hold on. Wait, <laughs> I don't say that, but I. Uh, oh, I did. <laughs> That's for Lisa. Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Okay, start with the Colts. <laughs> it was just you know I was working that day and. She's giving me updates because we get excited, and they're up 17 after 24, not 33. I'm like, this is insane. I'm like, and then you just hear, like, what happened. You just figure if they just run the ball a little in the second half a few times. I just don't understand how Minnesota could come back. Okay. And um, what happened? It was just crazy. It was it was insane. I just caught the last two minutes when I got home, and I thought I was seeing things. I just could not believe it. Okay, so that's the Colts, which is the largest lead ever given up by a football team. But and who was the quarterback for the Colts? I don't remember. Um, oh, it was Matt Ryan. And what did Matt Ryan? Blow? Yeah, absolutely. That's right. With the Atlanta, New England. That's right. With the Patriots, he blew that one too. And the irony there was that wasn't even the craziest thing that happened all weekend. That was only probably the third craziest thing that happened all weekend. Uh, so let, let's um, before we go on, um, we'll go back to my father here, who's the big eagle guy. And you know they won that one Super Bowl. Make sure you're up to the mic, Dad. We don't want to let everybody here. There you go. <laughs> so so your eagles are off to a phenomenal start. What, what What's going on down there? Well, they're playing really well. They got one of the greatest quarterbacks that they've had. Uh, I go back. I was a fan back in the '40s. Uh, that goes way, way back. Uh, they even used to play at Shy Park. If anybody remembers that, that turned into Connie Mack Stadium down with the Philadelphia A's and the Phillies. So uh, uh, that goes back a long way. However, this weekend, as I was watching the ball game, and they. They didn't play very well against uh, Chicago, but they did win, and really it's the win that counts. But I was watching when uh, when our guy went down and crushed his shoulder, so we really don't know what's going to happen. 
Uh, I, I personally, if I was the coach, wouldn't play him because I think we need him later on with a few games that are left. Uh, you know, getting home field advantage is probably one of the most important things for them now because they are in the playoffs. But I do have to say, being up here with all these Boston fans, that one of my greatest games, of course, was recently when they beat that team, the Patriots. Oh, that was a great game. I wish I, 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 wish I could review that over and over again, but that was, that was one of the best ones I've ever seen. But the Eagles are doing well this year. We think we've got things going. We, both sides of the ball. And we know exactly how those Philadelphia fans are with their Eagles, right? That's absolutely right. So is, is, is it like a family thing? Because I'm definitely not an Eagle guy. And I think John, my brother John, who's a little bit older. Is, yeah, I, I, I just want to uh, chime in here. I know I'm spoiled. I can never understand that like that. Jim's, even the Philadelphia 76ers, Eagles, like he never talks about them. He doesn't like them. I no, just, I don't get that. No, he was like he, the Red Sox. He's just a Boston fan. and he, That goes to show you how cracked he, up he, he is. He developed that because <laughs> even though I lived in the Philadelphia area uh, all my young life, uh, I was... Uh, I was a Red Sox fan since the time I was about eight years old. Hey, you've lived in the Philadelphia area your whole life, not just your own young life. When did you move out? I moved out of that. That's w- Reading. That's the Philadelphia area. When I was 19, when I was 19 oh. years old, I moved from New Jersey. So, but you're still in the Philly area, though. Well, you're a crazy Red Sox fan in, in Philadelphia Phillies territory. Yes, that's exactly that's right. right. So one thing, uh, just because uh, I got my father here, uh, over the past year, my dad and I worked on a, a, a book that he wrote, a little like a, a memoir, uh, to try to explain to his great-great-grandchildren, who will never know me or him, uh, where this whole crazy Boyle stuff came from. So why is my great-grandfather, me, so crazy? So we said, let's write a book together. And uh, we did that, and he's, he's handing those out to the family this Christmas. But uh, that one of the stories that really, um, that really sticks out is when you were younger, you had a, a grandfather or step-grandfather. We'll call him a grandfather. We'll call him grandfather. Pop Stevens. <clears throat> and what, what did he do with you? Well, one of the most important things was this was the era of Stan Musial and Ted Williams. And although we lived in New Jersey, Camden, New Jersey, right across the river from Philly, he wanted me as a young child to see two of the greatest ball players ever. So he made sure when St. Louis came in or or Boston came in that I would get to see Stan Musial. And I know that was standing room only because back then, but I also saw Ted Williams uh, play at Shy Park. So my grandfather had a big influence on on me being a baseball fan to begin with. And then the Red Sox fan, just Ted Williams was a pretty good ball player. And uh, I think that that's one of the reasons that the Red Sox became my favorite team. So the question is, how did you get from Camden to Scheib? Uh, Drive, uh, take uh, my, my My grandfather had an old uh, 39 or whatever, 39 Chevy, and we drove across, parked somewhere, and went up and uh, had, had to park the car, walked past Baker's Bowl, which not too many people remember Baker's Bowl. That was one of the earliest ballparks in the Philadelphia area. So Scheib Park... Shide Park. Well, it was on Lehigh Street, right? Was that right? Yeah, something in Some Lehigh. Of them there, up there past yeah. Temple. You had to go past I, Temple. I, I had to go. Which is a whole other story for another day because we, yeah, we, we don't want to bore Tommy with the Boyle no, family stories. No. But you drive past no, Temple. I actually like this. I love this. You, you got to get close to the mic, Tommy. I can't no, hear this, you. What is what, no, speaking, I, I mentioned Camden. I knew you were from New Jersey. I didn't know it was Camden. Yeah. Because when I think of Camden, you know, it comes to my mind. That's where all those great Louisville plays came yes. out. The Wagners yeah. in it. Yes. Am I correct? That is correct. All right, but go ahead, Mr. And, and the great Boyles came from there, too. Well, that's what I'm saying. So you to go just so everybody knows when he was growing up in the 40s you mentioned this earlier 
Philadelphia was home to two professional baseball teams, the Athletics and the Phillies. Right, right. Yep. And the Athletics were the American League team. The Phillies were the National League team. And he got to go to see his, his my my great Pop Stevens. Right. I think Pop great, Stevens. great Pop Stevens. Yeah. Whatever it was. Um, took you. And, it's, right. and it establishes the fact that he likes the Red Sox. Then along comes crazy James Frederick. And, uh, you know, he shows me. You know, Jim, here's how you listen to the Red Sox. We're in Pennsylvania. He gets this little white radio out and shows me how to get the 1080 WTIC out of Hartford. And I stand up and start listening to ball games. And from there, that's the how this whole thing blossomed, Tommy. You know, I just was never really a big NFL fan. I would, We were lucky where we grew up in, in for the NFL was being near uh, central Pennsylvania. We had the Eagles, we had the Steelers, and we had the Colts, the Baltimore Colts. We're all somewhat broadcast on those NBC or CBS stations. So I got to see a lot of football. But when we... We, he used to take me to Albright College, which is in Reading, Pennsylvania. The Philadelphia Eagles used to have their training camp there. So I remember as a young kid, we, he took my brother and I, and we would go see the Eagles in training camp. But they had, like, coaches like Mike McCormick, and they were, like, 0-50, and they were terrible. They were they were beyond terrible. Oh, Chuck McNabbick was there, too. Was McNabb that before was your there. time? Yeah, that was a little earlier, right? Uh, McNabb was there. There were a lot no, of good no, players. I'm, I'm sorry. He's I mean, Chuck, yeah, you remember Chuck McNabbick. Oh, I saw Chuck McNabbick play at the University of Pennsylvania. Ah, see? Now that's another. Oh, my oh, sister well. was going with uh, a young man from uh, Pennsylvania. and his, You go in, Peggy. His friend, was, uh, his friend was a ball player for U of P. And we got to see Bednarik play, and it was, I think, the year or two before Penn stopped uh, uh, scholarships. And right. then the, that changed the whole, that changed the whole, whole format of uh, college football. Right. Uh, and Bednarik, of course, last guy to go two ways, not totally. He but just read my, I was going to say, he was a two-way ball player very good. That's, that's, that's my correct. Next, so that's the thing is. Uh, smarter than you, Jim. Uh, everyone's smarter than me except oh. for you. <laughs> the, uh, the, um, but again, it's, it's good. To, we, we, we sit here in our little Boston bubble, you know, in the Patriots bubble and everything. There is another world out there. And I do remember when the Eagles won, I was rooting for the Eagles. I also have an uncle, his, his half-brother, Uncle Rick, who, and his son, my cousin Rick, just die hard. I know who was his. And the what was the other one? Uh, Donnie and his and son. Don they were these guys are like you think you go Patriot fans. These guys are huge Eagle fans. And and when uh, Nick Foles and and uh, led the lead, led the team over the Patriots, they were it was it was a very happy time. Now we got to put up with them because they're winning again. So but we just had to get that part in there. And it's great to have somebody with a a different perspective than what we have, what we live with it here. Uh, and then you know he's like I said, my father's lived a really good long life and. Uh, sports and athletics have been a really integral part of it as well. And he's not as crazy with it as I am or you are, Tommy, but he knows his stuff. So if you have any questions for him, we'll let you ask the questions. Oh, absolutely. I just came with the big, that was the next thing I was going to say. He read my mind. Okay, so thank you very much for the diatribe on the Eagles, which mm. is good. Now, the Eagles are on, have the one loss. Got the Cowboys coming up. Yeah, he was just saying what hurts there. That that could look like that could be like he made a good point. I think maybe just rest them the next two, three weeks. You know, they are playing at Dallas, but it looks like the Super Bowl, it's going to have to go through Philly, and I think one team that maybe could maybe give them a game is San Francisco. That's it. Yeah, forget that's Dallas. Good. They stink. They'll choke. <laughs> Never but, forget the Cowboys. They're, they're our toughest, really the toughest. They yeah. are tough for them, but I mean, not in the playoffs. You gotta say, Tommy's very opinionated about stuff like well, this. Well, we gotta get all fired up. We gotta make up six weeks, Mister B. So, yeah. so, so, so we got the Eagles in. Let's. Right. We we talked about the Colts game, and then something weird happened. I mean, oh. weird happened. 
Actually, I did the Brady game happen before or after the Patriot game? First, let's go to the Tom Brady game. Yeah, that was good. That was going the, on currently. Tom, Brady, currently right. Right? Tom Brady's got seventeen nothing lead at halftime. Right. Oh, he's right. the greatest in sliced bread. Blah 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 yeah. blah. Greatest guy. And what happens? He starts that fumbling, throwing picks, right? Yeah, he does. And Cincinnati comes back, scores like thirty-three unanswered points, yeah. just like the Colts. So that's the second thing that happens. Then right. we can get to our most favorite item of the whole time. That I'm sitting there watching the end of the game. You know, and and first of all, the kid was probably out of bounds anyway on the touchdown. But that's life. The officials are going to go yes, yes or no. And I'm getting ready. I, I got yeah, but go. speaking of that, with that call, how it's a billion-dollar business. They can't get that, right? Well, because I, if you really look at it the way they see it, it kind of look like you maybe. Can, and you it can't see that he's out of bounds or inbounds. Right. So it's inconclusive. So it the call is. on the field stands. Stands, absolutely. Right, which, is, it, which is how you have to deal with it. it they didn't confirm it. They, they made it stand. Stand, They yes. weren't going to change it. So let, they give it the pass. They give it. They get the ball back. We're in a tie ball game. Mac Jones hasn't moved the team all freaking year. No. So now, what do you expect him to do? So, so there, I like the play call. I like the draw, Stevenson, who's been a really good find for him. Mm. And then what happens, Tommy? What all hell breaks loose? I don't. I'm just. I still can't. And you know, funny the thing is. That wide receiver used to be a quarterback, as you know. The kid. Right. But you know what I said? That was the best pass of the whole day. The one he threw backwards, that was a beautiful spiral. He threw it back like 50 yards. And that was the best pass they threw all day. Yeah, Chandler Jones doesn't catch that if it's not a perfect spiral. Well, I just couldn't. you got to admit that was great form and everything. I just don't understand how we talk about knowing your situation. I, it, it just, It's crazy because you're talking about the greatest coach. And I don't know, can you blame the coach here? What are these players thinking? You got I don't know. I don't think he blame the coach. The coach gets blame only because those are the players he picked, right? But first of all, if you think it's a comedy of errors, there's three things. Nothing can, nothing, you, nothing should have happened except overtime. Take, take a knee. Take I understand knee, right. the draw call. The draw call is help all all, all the fantasy people had Ramondre yeah, Stevenson. Exactly for the fantasy. Got right. the extra points. Right. But Stevenson makes good. I'm watching this thing. He could go all the way. He, he, they, they had found a gap that they, they, like, they exploited. Then the minute he runs into trouble with three uh, defensive players around him from, from the Raiders, he then not only does he just lateral it, he throws it over his head to nobody. Jacoby Myers happens to be there. Right. Jacoby Myers catches it and runs the wrong way. Where's he going, first of all? Not only does he run the wrong way, he throws the perfect spiral. And uh, Jones, <laughs> right? Catches it, the first catch he probably had all year, mm -hmm. uh, as a D lineman, and he runs right over your six foot three quarterback who can't even make a tackle. That's another. So everything, any, it should never happen. So the coach gets responsibility for not for 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 for, for making that call. Whoever made that call. I mean, did they know the game was tied? I'm starting to That's think. They must I, mean, I, don't know. I don't know. Did they just have a brain fart? These things happen, Jim. And we see it in every sport. We see it in basketball as well. Do wh wh where where are they? Where where's their minds? So, again, I don't blame the coach, although the coaches, these are his players. You know, and he, he had got a team that's very mediocre offensively, very mediocre quarterback. He's taken this team almost to the brink of the playoffs anyway uh, with his defense. So his defense plays, plays a phenomenal second half except for the last drive, right? right? And they give up a pass that was a borderline touchdown. And then it's all, they just, they just, I'm flabbergasted by what they did. So, again, you and I have talked about this a lot. It's just is it, what's going through their heads? Are they is it is it this is third down and ten? There's three seconds left on the clock. We're going to overtime, and this guy goes. Not only does he throw the ball, he ran backwards ten yards till yeah. he threw it. So we talked a lot about the NFL. You know, it's it's just a matter of 
you know, coaching, timeout, Colts game, timeout use, you know, quarterbacking, Tom Brady's finally coming to the end, it looks like. So, again, that's the NFL today. It's just not the quality of the football. The Eagles are, are, have one loss. The Eagles are going to win that win the NFC. They're going to get home fields and the bye. They only threw in one more game. And then I read today their coach, they, oh, he might play him. What is he thinking? Well, okay, put your best player. Your player who's really – not their defense has been great. So, so you put, your, put your, your player who's really helped get you over the top. Going to put him in harm's way just to win that one game to get the bye when you have three chances to win the one game. So again, I don't know what they're thinking. It's just it's beyond me, Tommy. So, it is. I, so I'm sick and tired of talking the NFL. Uh, it's all we talk about. It's just yeah. It's just media. It's a very mediocre league right now. So right. I except for the Eagles. Yeah. Thank you. But it's just funny because Jack gave me crap today uh, this week. You got to talk about that, Dad, because I have my subject I really want right. to talk about. But you know he's right. It 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 was whack job. It was crazy. And you do have to talk about it. But. We've talked about it, and we'll have uh, better opportunities as we go on. We'll talk about the playoffs, and we'll see what coaches do where. I think coaching is just – I think they're hiring all these – and I hate to – and I'm sounding like a yelling at the cloud as a 60-year-old man. But they're hiring young coaches because they're offensive geniuses. But are they game managers? Oh, we don't have a game manager. Who's in the booth? Who's telling the guy – oh, okay, Jeff Saturday, forget that. But who's telling – Belichick lost their hand. Who's telling these guys, you know, who's in their ear saying, this is what you got to do? It's just, I don't know, even the other day I'm looking at, you know, speaking about the Raiders game again, there's a little irony there because of all the calls, you know, with the, um, when Brady with the fumble and all that. Don't forget, the Raiders kind of got the short end of the stick on that one, so it seems like it all kind of, they would do for that break. Yeah, but the Raiders got the long end of the stick back in 76. When well, then I knew you were going to say I was going to get that Sugar Ray, yeah? Yeah, yes. we were talking about that. The other ben Dreith. Ben Dreith, very good. I couldn't believe. It. I remember the name now, but uh, well, that's that'll transition me to the next thing. We have a, we're going to exploit this new talent that we found with Mr. Trevisani here. What I'm going to do today, I, I want to set it up for next week. What we're going to do is we're going to take like a let's take the 1993 Detroit Pistons roster, and he's going to tell us where they went to college, and it's just phenomenally um, unbelievable. Kevin, Chris, and Justin were over at the house with Jack and. I said, let's try it. And he, the first player comes up, I forget who he was. He goes, he went to the University of New Orleans. And I thought we were all going to fall over dead laughing. <laughs> so that's going to be coming up on the podcast. Something to look forward to as we add to our stuff we're talking about. Mount Rushmore now, we're going to have comparison, Mount Rushmore pet peeves. We're going to have Tommy's talent. And just really real quick when we ask you questions. I didn't bring my laptop, so we're not going to do that. Um, so transitioning back, what I really, it would have been great if we hadn't had that Patriot game. It's the state of the Red Sox. What the heck is going on with my team? You know, I've been a season ticket holder since 1987, so that probably makes me 36, 37 years. And God bless my ho my holy soul here. If I if I didn't want to make it to 50 years, which is my goal, I want to make it to 50. Dad, you 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 might not be around when we get to 50 <laughs> another 13 years. I might not be around, but they're really pushing me. They're really pushing me. I, you know what? You, you're not really a big Sox guy, but what is he doing? No, what are I, you thinking? You know, again, I think he's trying to be, like you said, what do they call it, Tampa North here? He's yeah. just trying to, you know, then they just signed this third base. They signed that third base when the kid from the Dodgers the yeah. other day, the 38-year-old. Like, that's another move. I'm like, what? I mean, these are, like, okay moves, but I just don't see where they're going here. You know, they have the money. I know with this luxury tax, but you got to spend. they got to get some players in here. They're just... The way they're doing things right now is I just I, – I don't really understand what they're doing. I really don't. 
Well, I think I, I and I, I don't, but I'll, I might as well tell you my opinion because uh, I'm very opinionated about it, right? Well, we are, but to get back, I think the owner they don't want to give out the big contracts anymore. I obviously. think the ownership. I, I don't know what the ownership. But they change every year, anyway. But for the first 19 years of their ownership, hmm. it was really da 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 handed out. Right. They brought Bloom in, uh, and his his purpose or his walking papers were. I want to, we want to build a team that will be successful. We keep bringing in these younger players. The younger mm -hmm. players are good enough to replace the $50 million contracts. Right. Now, I just read an article in The Athletic, I think it was Ken Rosenthal wrote it, that Scott Boros said, Bloom's model's wrong. It, he, he's, the way they're valuing players in the model doesn't meet the way players are being evaluated today. So when they go after Xander and try to get, you know, six years, $170 million, and all of a sudden it's 11 years, $280 million, mm -hmm. Somebody's wrong, and it, it has to be. It has to be the Sox because everyone else is willing. Four other teams are willing to give him more than the Red Sox. So Boros's interpretation is that his modeling is wrong. So he's a he's a he's a stats guy. He's a you know he's thinking of analytics. He's an analytic guy, you know, and he's saying I got my model and this is how my model works and these are the players we're going to put in, and it's not right, you know. So they've lost Mookie three years ago to get financial flexibility to be able to keep players. And then now we get to the point where they lost Xander. So now the two generational players who were fan favorites, who are great with the media, who are great in the clubhouse, who are great representatives of the Red Sox. They lose them because they don't either want to spend that amount of money or Bloom doesn't believe they're worth that value in his world. And they bring in the kid from Japan and they bring in Verdugo and they get cheated down so they get rid of. So again, I think it's really more of a process of the ownership said to him, this is what we want you to try to do. And he's he's sticking so hard fast to his plan that he has no flexibility when bad things happen. And you lose the fandom. I mean, they're the fourth team in the town now. Bruins are playing great. Celtics mm -hmm. playing great. Patriots are always going to be number one or two. And they're down at the bottom. And their attendance was down last year. Mm -hmm. Two last place finishes. Bloom is going to live at least for another year on 2021 when they made the playoffs. You know, they made the playoffs that last weekend when Devers hit a big home run against Washington. And then they beat the Yankees in the one-game playoff. You have Aldi and Bogart. Right. And yep. then they played really well against Tampa. And then they got smoked by Houston. Yeah, well, they couldn't. Yeah, they couldn't hit one runners. You know. So he right. He's living. He's living. Right. His model worked once. It hasn't worked three times. Two times. Well, the thing is, in the summer, the thing with Bogarts, I still don't understand why didn't they trade him then? I don't understand. They want him here. He's a good. And then they play this with. Know the TV ratings and all this, and then they go the opposite way. I thought they want to keep these guys. Well, it was I? It well, was, if you remember, and then Jim, they could have probably got him for way cheaper because where the market was. I know once he hit the market, forget about well, it. And that's what that's the smart this thing. This is the thing. Hey, the guy, listen. Are you playing Bogarts? I, I love him. Xander, and you I know did, what? But he's gonna go. Would you? If someone goes 180, 70. I mean, I'm gonna take the 180 or whatever. Somebody, somebody says to me, Jim, here you go. I'm gonna give you seven years, 160, or I'm gonna give you 11 years. Two eight, yeah, uh, Mr. Mathematician Engineer, yeah, do the that. math. Yeah. I mean, no, come it on. Matter. No, at, at that, it doesn't matter. It's generational wealth for him, right? So again, it's it's. I, I look back, and, and in 2018, they won the World Series. They won 108 games, and they won 11. Games. They won 119 games. You know how many players are left on that team on the offensive side of the ball? I don't even know. Is there one? Devers. He's the only one left. Everyone right. else is gone. And that was only five years ago. Right. And that 2013 team, all everybody now right. is at Xander. Although, yeah. Yeah, and he, he just came up, if you remember. Yeah, he did. And he wore number 72, which is the same number Fisk wore when he went. Well, we'll get to that in, a, yeah. in our Mount Rushmore. But again, he's, he's, he, if this is 
this is what he wants to do, and that's Bloom. So, you know, I, I, I feel bad for Marcello Meyer, the, the shortstop prodigy. They drafted number one with the fourth pick in the draft. He's going to come up here, and everyone's expecting to be, be, be Xander. You know, so these, the young kids are going to have to really perform quick. You know, well, and that's what I think they're planning on, but from what I'm hearing, they're two, three years away, maybe. Yeah, they are. So what, are we going to suffer for two or three years? I, well, you know, it's going to be this, this <laughs> yeah. middle and stuff. Listen to Mr. Boyle shaking his head over there. Suffer. We did suffer, Dad. What, what, when were you born? 1937. 1937. Right? And when did we win a World Series? 04. 04. I don't know how many years that is, Tommy. Quick, do the math. Mm. 77 years. Seven. No, 67. 67 years. 67 I waited, years. To, I waited he, to see a World Series 67 game. years. Right. He waited to see. And then to the win. Nope. And so for, for me, I was 42 years. And now we've won four. But that doesn't right. mean you just you just cropped the bet on us, right? So, again, you're right, Tommy, about, um, you know, it's 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 just, we I wish they would be just transparent what they're doing, not just blow smoke up my ass. That's taking my pet peeve away from me. But I just don't understand. I just don't understand. You know, I sent a letter to my season ticket account right. rep. And he sends me uh, the, the company line back. Well, we're we're expecting to win in 2023, and mm. you know, look at the players we have. Even though Xander's gone, we still have Devers and Verdugo, and and they put Hosmer in there, and they DFA Hosmer. Hmm. You know, we've got Cassius, and we've got Bellow, and we've got Sale coming back. You know, you get okay, whatever. They didn't do shit. La- oh, pardon, didn't do anything last year. They're gonna do something this year. But you know, the frustration with me is is that eventually the fans will like in the 90s when they really stunk in the early 90s, they'll say enough of this crap. And uh, what Fenway Sports Group wants to do, I don't know. Are they looking to sell the team? Are they looking to, you know, who knows? You know, Jack just told me the the Phoenix Suns sold for like $6, mil, $6 billion. The Phoenix Suns. Yeah, they're having all issues over there. And they too. just sold them today like for $6 billion. Imagine. So what do you think the Red Sox are worth at FSG? So, you know, that, that's what it comes down to. But, you know, I, I, I look this, to me, this year reminds me a lot of the 19, early, early, late 70s, early mm-hmm. 80s, which was all of a sudden everybody's leaving. You know, you know, Lind goes and Fisk goes and Burleson goes and this guy goes mm-hmm. and that guy. Then all of a sudden they're trading Ohida and they're trading. And, and, and all of a sudden people are leaving and coming and going. And there's turmoil at the top because of the Sullivan and LaRue. And everything's crappy. Now there's no real turmoil at the top. But Bloom has his idea. And he's going I'm, he's gonna, to I'm gonna live and die with my idea. God bless him. But I don't think he, he really has a – he doesn't have a good pulse of what really is going on in the general fandom. No, so – and, again, I think we're, we've dropped down to the fourth-place uh, spot in the uh, rankings of, of baseball fans here in, in, in um, Boston. And I go back to Philadelphia. He, uh, you, you said that it's the place you guys live, Dad – what was it like? The Phillies made that run to the World Series. I mean, oh, I talked right. to them every night. No, it was it was very good for them, and uh, people were upset that they didn't win at all. But uh, hey, they played very well. They got one of the best players, uh, and he's finally earning his money. And the people are very pleased that he's had such a good year. Oh, I think he earned his money. God, he's the most underrated superstar in history of the, in the game. Harper is. Harper. I mean, he gets so much crap from everybody, and he's a great player. I mean. I mean, I watch it. He's, who's his swing? His swing's a lot like Ted's swing. Oh, that's what I said to people. I look at his swing, and it looks just like Ted's swing. Uh, not exactly, but it's the bat speed that he has that's uh, phenomenal and, and consistent. Right. And uh, that's why he's so good. And it's a shame he's got the bad arm because he's got yeah. Tommy Johnson. But, again, Dombrowski's there in Philly, right? And the Philly owner says, enough of this sh- bull. We're going to try to win. Hmm. So they go out, and they, they sign 
They signed our buddy, Schwerber. So, yeah. Schwerber. Well, he looked good in a Red Sox uniform. for that one. And they go out and sign the uh, guy who played the right field. It was Terrell Alfield, Castellanos. And then they go and sign Trey Turner. And they pick, they got Wheeler, and they got Efren, and they got, um, what's his name, the pitcher with an A? Um, Nola, Aaron Nola. Nola. And they, they have bullpens a little weak, but he's, but they're going for it. They said, we're going to go for it, like the Red Sox were doing back in, in the last 16 years. And he, all hell of the loot, he don't care. If you win, you win that one. Now, that's why I think we've been spoiled. We've won four. Mm-hmm. You know, but is the appetite there for a fifth? Yes. But the ownership looking, and we still have a little bit of grace period. But the Phillies aren't doing that. Heck, the San Diego Padres aren't doing that. The Dodgers aren't doing that. The Mets are definitely not doing that. So if I had, if, if, if when we do something about Christmas, I'll tell you what my Christmas wish is for the Red Sox. But these guys are ready. They're they're putting. They understand this is the market. They just got from Disney some some like sixty million dollars from Disney for they sold or whatever a sale of some product that Disney's going to use for their streaming service. Major League Baseball created and sixty million over thirty teams, two million extra a team a year. So it's, it's, there's money everywhere. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, you come from my dad in, in the 40s when it was the reserve clause and the owners made all the money anyway, but the mm-hmm. marketing and the television, the internet, and ev- this explosion of athletics. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Red Sox frustrated me. And I know, Tommy, you don't like talking about this. So before we transition to our comparison, and I went to the Celtics a second, uh, did you watch any of the World Cup, Tom? No, I did not. I'd rather watch paint dry. But that's uh, he's one of those guys, Dad. What? How about you? I remember talking. Well, about one of the reasons I I started watching, even put the put the stats on my sheet, was because my grandson likes soccer. So I thought, if I'm going to be coming up here and I want to be able to talk the game a little bit, I enjoyed it. It is like watching paint dry, but sometimes the paint runs a little bit, mm-hmm. and once they uh, once they charge to the net, and, and then you think something's going to happen. So. Uh, it's a patience game, and you just have to understand. That's what I'm trying to do, although I've never been a real soccer fan, but I enjoyed it. But I really got my a little bit of soccer when the girls in the Olympics were right. so good, and that even my wife and I, Jim's mom, w- actually watched that, and she really was excited because our girls did so well. Right, and again, the World Cup, it was, it was like Jack said. It was 80 minutes of boredom and tw- 10 minutes, and the next— 80 minutes, 40 minutes of excitement. 85 minutes of board. Was that was 85? <laughs> Jack, Jack gave me 80, Dad. So <laughs> he, he's the expert, not me. So, um, yeah, just I, I, we watched. And, uh, our, our kids, Justin's working now, but Justin and Jack. He likes it. They know Justin, they all Jack, like it, yeah. Chris, and Kevin, they're, they're texting about it. They have a group text about it. So, But I just want to bring that up. And congratulations to our friends from Argentina. Not that mm. I have any friends in Argentina, but. They won, and it was great, and I have to listen to Jack bitch about how Messi's now the greatest player, and Mbappe was really better than him, and blah, 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 blah. And that's what we get with Jack. So real quickly, before we do a comparison, Celtics have run into a little rough pass, Tommy. What do you got? I had the last, and it's funny. It seems like they lost twice to Orlando, and I just think, you know, you know these three-pointers, obviously the three-pointers haven't been going in. And, Jim, it's just they're firing up 35 to 45 a game. It's just crazy. And, you know, sometimes when those aren't going down, it changes things. I think they hit a little bit of a rough patch. But, you know, they're still good. And, you know, they came back from that West Coast trip there. You know, they don't match up with Golden State still. They scare me a little. And I still don't think this is a foregone conclusion. I think, um, you know, everyone's like championship. I don't think so. It's I don't ma- even think they, they might not even get by Milwaukee. It's a make or miss league. Absolutely, it is. It is. It so, is. You so, got to make shots, right? And they're not making their. And they're not. Shots. So let's let's the comparison. We talked right. about this. So, 
Um, the other thing, I want real quick on the Celtics. Mark. I tell Jack this all the time. Yep. What's the weakest link, do you think, for the Celtics? You mean play or what? Everything. General, what's the weak link for the Celtics? Just, I, I don't know. I, I, well, I'd probably say their defense right no, now. No, I would say the COACH coach. I think he's the weak link. I think he's, well, I, I think, I think. Wait, I didn't think yet, but, you know, again, and I don't want to bring this up. Too. A lot of in the coaching and the I know he's gonna. It really, it doesn't really mean like as much as you think. I don't think so. That's the only thing. I think the players run the asylum, but whatever. But I agree if they get in a tight playoff series, he doesn't seem to call. He's not very good with his timeouts. I don't think he's like very that. good. Again, situational right. awareness of Patriots. I Absolutely, it's a, it's something that you're learning, right? No doubt. I mean, he is young, but <laughs> you young, know, you're he's right. Younger they, than, he's younger than you. I know it's and you know if they do get in a tight series, you know we're gonna see here. Okay, so let's look at this. Um, I went back and looked at some statistics because yep. the three-pointer is huge. Every college, high school, pro, probably mm-hmm. even in travel now. Yep. Um, and I went back and said, well, the 80s, Bird, Bird, mm-hmm. and a couple of the other great shooters were really great. George Gervin, guys like that. Bird like took only like 110 three-pointers three, three in a he year. He one, almost only two a game. Right, so, so now Curry's averaging like <laughs> 10 a game. So comparing, would Bird, we talk about, would the players in the 80s, the shooters that we had, they would. You think they could play now with the way it's structured? I get no doubt. Everyone tells me about Bird. Bird would be incredible today. I can't see. I'm not six nine, stretch four, just taking threes. Are you kidding me? I don't know how people why because he doesn't look the part. He's not athletic. People don't know. He averaged ten rebounds a game. He was six nine, two thirty, and he could shoot. I think all those guys in the eighties, those great, they could play today. I think so. Luka Doncic, same as Bird though. Right, but again, like I say again, I don't want to, I don't know. I just don't think he still has Bird's mind. He don't. He, and I know they, I don't want to get into the comparison, but he's no Bird. But he's another great player, though. So the if they had shot three pointers the way they do now in the eighties, I think that I think like Bird, they would even shoot a better percentage. That's my next point. You so think Bird, no doubt. Like so, if Bird took like fourteen, fifteen a game, these guys hit. I think Bird would hit like six or seven. But would Robert Parrish be taking threes? No, because he wasn't. You're right. Because no, he wasn't that type of player. No, he would not be. Right. So it's a, the right. game's changed. And make a court. The game has changed. What did you need? You, you needed the center back then. Right. You couldn't win without a center. Then I think Jordan started to change that in the nineties. Right. So in other words, and, and let's call it back. I, I I'm doing the high school games right. here, and uh, one of the things is, you know, you got to take twenty threes. <laughs> like this Burlington, we got a Burlington team right right, right next town. Um, they're going to take thirty to fifty threes a game. They're, they're going to they're going they could compete for the state championship in their division. That's how good they are, you know. So it's the game has changed, but they could shoot distance back then. So question, Dad, who was the big shooter? Uh, was that like George Mikan or something for you when you were young? Uh, somebody like that, but the guy from Tempo was pretty good too. Guy Rogers? Yes, sir. Yes, he was not and too tall. No, and that's the whole thing with this game and. Uh, uh, I don't watch that much basketball because everybody's just so big, and it's it's not the game I like anymore. Right, and you were grew up with uh, the Will Chamberlain, how he Will changed Chamberlain. the game, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was always good to get that flavor because we can't compare errors because the athleticism is just so much better today. You know, you, right. you're you're 85, I'm 60. Tommy, what are you 42? I'm <laughs> uh, 52. You know, we, we, we and and, and the, we've seen enough in reality. I act, but I act 42. But yeah. in reality, if you think about it, the athleticism of today's these athletes today. Are bigger, stronger, faster, better nutrition. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's work, they got everything going for them. That's right. So this period of time, these guys are always going to be better. But it's not saying you couldn't move. Del Curry wouldn't be as good a three-point shooter as his son, right? Or Ted Williams wouldn't be as good a hitter as Bryce Harper with the with the with the abilities that we have now. You know, so the only sport I think that changes is football because 
they weren't they just weren't as big right like ted was six foot six foot four guy he was a tall guy mm -hmm. but now you chuck mcnerick i remember jack lambert for the steelers he was like 5'11", 220, right. linebacker. That's, a, that's, that's not even strong safety anymore. So uh, it's always good to comparisons. We'll come up with some more like that. But I like the three-pointer because of the proliferation of three-point shots now. Uh, and it's all, that's all they do. You come down and look for three. They have a break, and the guy's got a layup. He's dishing it out for a three. What kind of change would you like to see? What kind of change would you like In to see? In basketball, the three-pointer, what would you like to uh, see? What I like to do is I like to widen the lane a little bit. So you, you get more low block. It's easier to play on the low blocks. It spreads the floor out a little bit. Go to the international like rules for that. Right, yeah. You know, and with the three, that's I, I think it's fine. I mean, I remember having conversations with guys in the early 2000s. Oh, all we do is dunk. Nobody knows how to shoot. All we do is dunk. Nobody knows how to shoot. There's no talent. It's defense. It's grabbing. It's pushing. It's dunking. It's, it's who's ever the bigger, stronger player, Shaq. And then all of a sudden, they come in and, and, and analytics came, comes into the game. So it's hard. But I, I don't mind. I mean, I love shoot. I, I love an up-and-down game, a high offensive game. Um, but I love watching, like, Robert Williams play defense, too. You know, the, he's like the Bill Russell of the air. Quick jumper, smack. It's hard. You know, there's never really not, what can you do? The court's only so big. These guys are big and strong to pass. Um, and, Del, and Del Curry and, and Steph Curry can shoot, hit a three from 40 feet. Mm. Yeah, so it's tough. I don't know what I would do. I just think... I, I I think Tommy has a different opinion on the way it's played than I do because he played and I didn't. I've observed. It's different. He's a Tommy's a guy who never saw the other side of the half court line on defense, <laughs> and he shoots threes like a maniac, and he hits threes with those little tiny hands you've got. <laughs> and I talk to people who play in the senior league with. I don't know what the change would be. I'd like to see it um, l be a little more physical mm. when they when they let the players be a little more physical out on the perimeter. To make you have to be a little stronger to get that shot off. To make you have to run an offense. You know, Curry can get a shot anywhere. He off his dribble. But like Clay Thompson of the Splash Brothers, if he's not if he's not a wide open, if he he can't get his own shot, somebody's got to get him the ball in the spot to shoot. Yeah, but he catches and shoots. You know, like it's like it's like Tatum can get his own shot. Right. You know, and and a guy like Jalen Brown really almost has to somebody. He's got to be set to make the three. Although he'll make that. Or he's got to dribble for like twenty seconds. Well, that's another story for another game. <laughs> so yeah, that's true. Unbelievable. But that's the um, right. comparison we do now. Our favorite topic, the Mount Rushmore mm -hmm. topics. And today we're going to just talk about. This just gives me a chance to bitch. That's all. Well, about your Red Sox again. We're going back to the Sox. This will be the last Sox talk we have till spring. So uh. I just want to get it in there. And since my dad's here, he's a Sox fan. You can do. So the Mount Rushmore of Red Sox players who they let go or didn't re-sign who were really in their prime. Tommy, you go first. Well, you know, I'm going to probably say, going back, I'm going to say Fred Lynn. That's it. You're done. That's yet only one. we got to get my dad along. I would go with Pence because it's he goes current. Mookie. So he goes Mookie. You got? Next one. I'm in the Fred Lynn. Uh, no, yeah, I said Fred Lynn, Carlton Fisk. Fisk is a good one. So let me throw the best one yeah. in of all time. Mm. Babe. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> There's the best one, isn't it? So we got Fisk and we got Lynn, we got Betts. Yeah. And I'll take Babe Ruth. Dad, you got anybody else? Not not in particular. You can't no. say Xander. I oh. could say Xander, but that's just recently okay. in the last couple of weeks. Okay. Yeah, it's, just, it's, like it's, very, it's a fresh wound. Like yesterday. You're right. Fresh. Tommy, anybody else? I got a couple others. Um, I got two others. Who are you going to say? Actually, Mo three on. Mo, definitely. Yeah. Mo was beloved. Mo was another guy like, I don't think he was as good a player as Betts and Bogarts are. But he was loved here. He was, but his problem was ever since he he was never right. He got hurt the first game there. He hurt us, yeah. He would have just some guys. He would have been perfect in Boston. Perfect at Penn. Would you like Freddie? Totally agree. Freddie Lynn the same way. I, 
He yeah, knows. They, he admits it. He slapped that ball off the wall. Boom, boom, boom. Perfect. Yeah, they, I was going to say Adrian Gonzalez, but I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> he doesn't want to play on Sunday. And then I would go. I got Mo, and then I got um, Clemens, who, wow. who, who they trashed going out. He was beyond his prime, and then he found the steroids. He had another 10 good years. But Clemens is another one they let go oh, yeah. uh, who was in his prime. We can't use Bagwell because he wasn't really known property, but they did let him go. That's right. And then my final one is the one the one that hurts just like just like, um, just like like Xander hurts. It was when they they traded Nomar. Mm. And I think this ownership, this, this ownership um, fought with him about a contract, and he, had, he, was, he was the Red Sox, him and Pedro, in that era. They were the mm-hmm. Red Sox. And then fat-ass Schilling comes in and thinks he's the greatest thing since sliced bread mm. and has to bloviate his mouth off. But Pedro and Mo and Mo and, and Nomar, those, those were the Red Sox to me. Mm. And then, then it was Xander. So I, I, the frustration with me is those are generational players you've created who were really you, – you, those are the guys you, you, you identified as Boston Red Sox players. Mm. So uh, that's, uh, that's good. So let's say we'll go with Ruth, Fisk, Betts. And who would who do you want to do your last one? You could choose between uh, Lynn Clemens, Noma, or Mo. No more. No more. I'll, I'll, pro- I'll, I'll, I'll probably. I'll. He's say Clemens now. Yeah, he's like a big Clemens fan. Yeah, Clemens. Clemens is another one. I love Clemens. But okay, Clemens or Pedro? Who? Quick. Clemens. Oh man, not ta- there's not yeah. even a comparison. Oh, you're me with that. Pedro was that a guy pitch for- Pedro was a better pitcher oh, for a second. Don't give me a yeah. listen. I'm, I'm a Pedro fan. Yeah, they got Pedro. Boils against the Travis Hayes. Any day. <laughs> I right. mean, not God rest his soul, but my father always, I told you, he followed baseball 50, and I'm not saying he knew more about, he said Roger Clemens is no doubt the best pitcher he's ever seen. So I'm, I just, you know, for his innings, all my that. My daddy says that Pedro is better. <laughs> I mean, if we look at numbers, and I, listen, for that three or four year run, Pedro was as good as anyone. When he was a Red Sox, let's go from about ninety nine to two. He was unhittable, but for the longevity, I don't know. All right, we got an argument here. Well, it's just like with, with Fisk is the same way. Well, Fisk only, played, only got to play in four different decades. Fisk also played. Fisk also Fisk, Fisk also played more time with the White Sox than he did with the Red Sox. He did. And Fisk's number with the Red Sox was twenty seven. Right. When he's with the White Sox, what was his number? 72. 72. When Xander started, what was his number? You said 72. 72. Yeah. I, learned that. I forgot Yeah, hey, all this crappy stuff going on. All important. Spooky crap. So that said, um, I was going to do pet peeve. Let's go real quick because pet yeah. peeve. Tommy, you got anything? You can do whatever you want now. What, 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 what's peeving you off right now about no. sports? Well, or anything in life in general? No, nah, well, just in, I, I don't know, just football, just the last two minutes of games, I guess. Okay. The NFL, it's just, I can't believe how bad it is. Yeah, it's been tough. You agree? It's just, I totally agree with you. And I don't want to go over it. It's just the mediocrity right now in the NFL. The mediocrity? That makes sense. Um, it's just right now you just don't know week to week. You know, it looks like the Eagles are the team, but I could, you know, you can see them getting beat too. I don't know what to say. I think it's a very, you just, the, it's just I can't believe how much, you know, parity there is right now. Okay, that dad, you, you, I know we didn't prep you for this, but you have pet peeve at all? Well, only the trading. The trading when you establish, uh, a fa- as a fan, you establish somebody and, and you see how it works within the system, and then uh, and they're gone. I mean, when I, when I was a little boy growing up, I never thought they traded anybody until I, I, hey, what are they moving that player for? He's a Red Sox fan. You can't do that. So, But that's part of the game. It's a business. I mean, I'll tag on that. With my man shoot shouts at cloud, old man with gray hair shouts at the cloud. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I'm just sick and tired of Heimblum and Sam Kennedy and the Red Sox blowing smoke up my ass hmm. and telling me, oh, Xander's on a more priority. Oh, we, we, we have to trade Mookie because he doesn't want to play here. Uh, no. Tell me the truth. If, if Bloom, come out. I don't want Mookie. I don't want Xander. I don't want Vasquez. I don't want anybody. I don't want Devers. Trade him if you don't want him. If he doesn't fit your model, just come out and be honest with people. Don't 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 keep blowing smoke. You know that's the problem I have right now. You know he might know what he's doing, and I'll be wrong. He could. Maybe he's got the right idea. Maybe he's building something we don't know that's being built. Um, but be honest about it. Come out. This is not a town for you to. Bullshit people. But you know what, Jim? Like someone like yourself, but you're still going to buy the season tickets and they're still going to put people in the seats. Yeah, because I'm I an idiot. I don't want to keep what. No, and no you know, that's what I don't understand, but maybe with them. But I just don't understand. I went there last May. I know you usually give me the tickets. Unfortunately, I had to pay for these ones. And I just can't believe how much money everything is. Yeah. I went in there and it's like they get you here, they get you. It's out of control. Correct. It is. And, and I'm sorry, Jim, and I know like it's just, uh, it's just so out of control. Yeah, and, and what I, are you paying for? Right, especially what do you why do you want to go see a last place team? So tell Very me the good. truth. Say, listen, we're gonna go we're gonna retool. We're not gonna rebuild. We're gonna retool, and right. we're gonna retool my image, and that's why I'm staking my reputation on it. Right. The guy they suck again this year. There's no way he stays. You can't keep him. You can't have three last place finishes in in four years. No, I think you said this is a make or break year for him. Yeah, and he got lucky. Not lucky. It was great. Twenty twenty one was fun. They got a little hot there. At they the got hot at the end. They got hot in the beginning. They were lucky. They played really well in the playoffs. Right. And that's what you want. That's all I want as a fan is to get a chance to win. But what do you see next year, Jim? Are you seeing the twenty one team or more of this twenty? I'm seeing more. I'm seeing more of the twenty two. Twenty two team. team. The no problem. If I was drafting a fantasy team, which I eventually will in March, right. there's only one player on this team I would pick in the top ten rounds of baseball players, and that's Devers. There's not who else are you gonna take? Yeah. Who, who well. else really jump Verdugo? Cassius? I know. I can't Maybe even. Trevor Story. Who I have to hope bounces back. I know, but he's gonna he still prove he can play here. He yeah. strikes out all the time. But no, I don't mind that. But that's my mm. pet peeve, and I've been bitching about the Red Sox all day. So, right. you know, they did send me a nice little gift. You know, did no. you see the gift they sent me, Dad? You got to see what no, you I just home. I just came in. They sent me a nice little my... gift. They got a little Christmas card. I got the ornament, but they sent me a special uh, replica seat, like a little tiny replica seat. Don't forget my tickets. And it's sure. I won't. And it's got it's got seat number twenty two. It's not my seat, but it's a oh. replica. Um, real quickly, it is almost Christmas time. We have no Christmas music for you. I'm not going to let Tommy or my dad sing for us either. Um, Christmas gift. Who would? What, what would you want to gift the Celtics, Red Sox, Brewers, Celt, uh, Celtics, Red Sox, Patriots? What do you want to give the Patriots for Christmas? <laughs> A new coaching staff. Okay. Um, you don't need to do the Patriots, Dad, so... What would you get the Eagles for Christmas? What would I get Eagles? A, a good trainer. <laughs> A healthy quarterback. You're right. That's a good one. Celtics, what do you think? Celtics? Uh, a scorer off the bench. A scorer off the bench. I think they need length off the bench. A little bit more length so they can maybe a 3 and D. Maybe you agree. Well, that Italian kid getting hurt, I think. That hurt. end up hurting them. I totally agree. That's right. Yep. And I think they just need maybe some maturity for their coach. Yes, no you doubt. Know, so he gets maybe hopefully the experience will happen. Mm. Uh, we're not going to ask about the Celtics. Mm. No, so. base, baseball is it. Give them an arm. <laughs> mm. They need more than one yeah, arm. Yeah, they need an arm. Socks, what would you give them? I, I agree with your dad. I would say definitely a few arms. I want I want Steve, I want Steve Cohen in my stocking, the owner of the Mets, the <laughs> richest guy in the baseball. I just that's what I need. That would really help. That ain't the one that Madoff ripped off, is it? No, that was the other owners of the Mets. I'm sorry, Ray. That was the Will Ponds. Yeah, oh well, yeah, that's Will Ponds Madoff. Oh, guy. with that uh, 
Yeah, maybe they do. What's that called? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ponzi scheme. Unbelievable. Yeah. Why have I? I'm the only one who's never got a piece of that thing. Yeah, I'm surprised. You're lucky. Yeah. You're lucky. We won't talk about that on this podcast. This is a sports podcast. Oh, yeah. So, what are we doing Tom, wrong? Tommy's from Everett, so, Dad, he, he knows some of the Everett crowd. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, okay, real quickly, Tommy's got a. I don't even. We were. We didn't. We haven't been together. Yeah, it's been about what? About three about, or four? About a year and a half. I think I've Jeez. got. I've grown so. Is it the trivia? Yeah, time for trivia. What do you got? All right, we, maybe we're going to stay on basketball today but this is for uh who is the only three players in uh nba history to win three straight mvps and mr boyle tools that's a shout out for you if you want to jump in on it so there's only three players in the nba in, MB, in the nba history so all 75 years ago that have won three or three straight mvps there are only three only three all right one i think you knew growing up Jamie. Very good. Wilt. That is one. Wilt, of Wilt. course, Will Chamberlain okay. is Wilt one. Chamberlain. Let's see. And there's two more. Two more. The other one. Wilt. The other one is Tommy's favorite player. Yeah. Jordan. No. Come <laughs> well, on. What was my son's number? On how you know this? Thirty-three. Oh, we're giving away the trivia. Uh, it's fun to do it with my dad. So number two, Tommy. You want to give him another hint? Yeah, he's kind of. We've been kind of talking. He's kind of six foot nine he's and hick, white. Yeah, hick from French oh, Lick. Oh, oh, Larry. Yeah. Yeah. Larry Legend. LB. And then I I forget you told me the third one. Let's see if we give a hint for see if we can figure yeah, it out. Yeah, well he's another Celtic. Oh, another Celtic would be uh, would it be Jason Tatum? Nope. You know, best winner in professional sports. That's history. the easiest one. Yeah. Six foot nine yep. from San Francisco University. Won a uh, NBA championship, a NCAA championship, Olympic gold medal team with Casey Jones. That's right. He's won eleven out of thirteen, and you is, are right. And he won the uh, with Casey Jones. That's right. His number uh, has been retired, number six throughout the league. Who? Oh, he's whispering the answer. Uh, no, don't give him. Right, he's a, don't give him Bill Russell. Uh, that's all he's right. a Chamberlain guy, though. Growing up, yeah, well, he's a Chamberlain guy. Well, we're Overbrook High, right? Yes. Yeah. He's from Philadelphia. Yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah. Overbrook. His nickname was Under River. Yeah, that's. I'm kidding. It's a dad yeah. joke. That's a dad that's joke. That's a bad joke. That is. Thank you very right. much. Hey, listen. Um, first of all, it's great having you on, Dad. Um, great to have you up here for Christmas week. Uh, right. I, and not a lot of people uh, like Jack won't come on. He's like my dad. My dad's not afraid well, of me. Was, exactly. He's he's afraid. ready to go. He had a great time. Tommy, great to have you back. Great to have us back on yeah. the air. You know, and uh, hopefully great to have your father on. It was great to see him. And hopefully we'll have an opportunity uh, to keep doing this more weekly basis. No doubt. Uh, I got a lot to talk about. Uh, everything from professional sports. We do want to eventually get into Wilmington sports as well. Try to Absolutely. figure out where, why we've had the dip. So for uh, thanks, John Boyle, my father, Tommy Trevisani, my co-partner, um, this is Jim Boyle for We've Seen Enough, and see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of We've Seen Enough, recorded at WCTV Studios in beautiful downtown Wilmington, Massachusetts. If you'd like to get in touch, offer topics to discuss, or stump us with sports trivia, we can be reached via email at jboyle22 at comcast.net. That's jboyle22 at comcast.net. Along with Tom Trevisani, I'm Jim Boyle. Make sure to tune into the next edition of We've Seen Enough.